Hi, this is Jessica McCoy with Calvary Christian Center. Thank you so much for listening. We pray that this message encourages and inspires you to be everything God has created you to be. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you just hear about it, there is no influence or involvement. Therefore, there's no real reason to get real excited. But if you've ever had it happen to you, oh, hallelujah. If you've ever been in a hospital and needed a miracle, if you ever needed God to come through in the nick of time, when you hear him start saying, Waymaker, Miracle Worker, something rises up on the inside of you and some praise out of your belly says, You're a good God. I wonder if there's anybody that can take about 10 seconds and just open up your mouth and give God praise because you know that he's a Waymaker, a Waymaker, a Waymaker. I know it for myself. I want you to sing it one more time and inform every person around you that you know. We said. you heard but because of what you know we give you all the glory you deserve I just want to see if you'd praise God even when the music stops because sometimes you wait on the music to conjure up the praise. But what if I told you real praises don't need a band and they don't need microphones. They just say, if you just put me in the atmosphere, I'll give him all the praise. but right now through your praise you are testifying to somebody on your road that if God would do it for you he's gonna do it for them too why don't you take 10 more seconds and just testify through your worship and let them know God's about to do it for you too this is making somebody uncomfortable but, 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 but this is making somebody a little uncomfortable, but for somebody, you've been waiting all service for this right here. You've been waiting all service all week for this right here. You waited all week just to get in God's presence and say, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you.
My God. My God. Can I just, I'm going to preach in a second. I just feel like there's somebody watching me. Online, you need a miracle right now. You need a miracle. And I want to let you know that God's about to do it in this self-same hour. I don't, I don't like doing that because I know it messes with stuff, but God's about to touch somebody that's watching online. There's about to be a healing, a miracle right now in this self-same hour. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Grab your Bibles. Grab your Bibles. Grab your Bibles. Oh, he's worthy, church. He's so worthy. The day we figure out that worship is not about what he does, but rather about who he is, is the day you'll realize that he is so eager to do it for you when you just recognize him. Sure, I feel the presence of the Lord in this room today. How many are ready for the word of God? Uh, open up your Bibles to the book of Genesis chapter 2. And for all of you visiting today, I am not Pastor Jim Rayleigh. He's in Malaysia one more time, and he's ministering and preaching, and I'm so grateful for him. He's more than our pastor. He's our father. You should have said amen. He's a father. We have a lot of teachers, the Bible says, but we have few fathers. So when you get a father that comes into your life, you cherish a father. Fathers is what makes you sons and daughters. You couldn't have inheritance if there wasn't a father. Do you realize there are some things you get just because he is who he is? Well, that's another sermon for another time. But you're stuck with me today. Amen. <laughs> I'm excited to preach Genesis chapter 2. I'm just going to yell in your ear what he's been whispering in mine. I sense the presence of the Lord. Are you ready for God to do something in your life today? Are you ready to hear God? You can't, you can't act on what you don't hear. The Bible says you can't even be a doer till you're first a hearer of the word. No, no, no. Not a listener. We got too many people in church that listen but never hear. Praise Pastor Josh. And you can't do until you become a hearer of the word. God has something to say. Genesis chapter 2, just a few verses. God's going to speak. I thank God that I'm a part of the greatest church on the planet. That's you. Amen. With the greatest staff on the planet. We have the greatest pastors on the planet. Thank God. And I've got my beautiful wife is on the front row. And uh, I, just, I just learned this. I learned that I preach better and shorter when she's sitting up there. Come on, somebody. So it's going to be a good day for y'all. Amen. Genesis chapter 2, starting with verse 4, going through verse 8. And God's going to talk to us today. Let's go to work. This is the history of the heavens and the earth. When they were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. 
before any plant of the field was in the earth and before any herb of the field had grown for God had not caused it to rain on the earth because there was no man to till the ground but a mist went up from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground and the Lord God formed the man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being and the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden and there he put the man whom he had formed. I read all that just for one little line in verse 5. Before any plant of the field was in the earth and any, before any herb of the field had grown. Watch this. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain because he could find no man to till the ground. What if I told you in this Easter season that God is about to make it rain. What if I told you it's a 100% chance of rain in April? But before God can make it rain, He has to make you a rainmaker. So if you're looking for a title today, just look at somebody and say, Hi, I'm a rainmaker. Look at your other neighbor and say, Hi. I'm a rainmaker. Let's pray one more time. Father, I feel you in this room. Speak now in Jesus' name. And everybody who believes this, shout amen. amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Just look at somebody and say, hi, I'm a rainmaker. Hi, I'm a rainmaker. I am a rainmaker. I am a rainmaker. The Word of God is a powerful book given to men, first as a constitution to a kingdom, and secondly as information about who God is. The Word of God is powerful. As the more you read God's Word, you will find more out about yourself and God. God designed His Word that every time you put yourself in the Word, the Word will put itself in you. The more you give yourself to God's Word, God's Word gives itself to you. God gives its, uh, God's Word gives itself to you, yes, in information, but more profoundly in revelation. The Word of God is full of revelation, revelation that will bring you into places that you have never been to do what you've never done, to see what you've never seen. God's Word needs revelation, has revelation that will profoundly impact your life. And that revelation is not confined just to the contents of the books of the Bible, but rather it can be found even in the very titles of the books of the Bible. Yes, that even the titles hold significant revelation about who God is and who you are. Ladies and gentlemen, the book of Genesis, the first book of the Bible, is more than just the first book in its title. There is a significant revelation that will change your life because even saying the word Genesis means that God is a God of origins. He's a God of origins. Uh, that, that, that God doesn't need something to start something. Oh, y'all ain't saying nothing. I said that God doesn't need something to start something. God is the God at the beginning of everything. And God doesn't need anything to make anything. God, oh, hallelujah. When God makes up his mind to do a thing, no devil in hell can stop him. Nothing can hold him back. When God makes up his mind because he's at the origin, at the beginning, God can do what he wants to do. Aren't you thankful this morning that you don't serve some small God that can't do anything, but you serve the God that the beginning came out of, who can do anything and everything all at the same time if he so pleases God he's an origin God so you need something to make something but God doesn't need anything to make something in fact it doesn't even matter what it looks like right now in your life it may look like nothing could happen and nothing might happen but if you serve God the odds are always stacked in your favor 
Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. I came to tell somebody who's going through something where it doesn't seem like there's a light at the end of the tunnel. It doesn't seem like any good is going to happen. But if God ever makes up his mind to bless your life, to get involved, something is about to change. Because he is a God of origin. Can I go deeper? Consequently then, God is a God of beginnings. And I know in this room that there are some people that can testify that he is a God of beginnings. And not just beginnings, but new beginnings. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know there's a, see, see, for all the religious people in the room who are perfect and they never had anything go on in your life, ever had an issue, never had a problem, you can just sit there real quiet. But there are some of us in this room that know that we weren't always saved and we didn't always have it together and we weren't always living like we ought to be living, doing and saying what we ought to be doing and saying. But aren't you thankful for a God that can show up in your nothingness, in your darkness and in your mess and still create for you the life he has destined for you even though you messed it up? I don't know if I'm talking to anybody, but I feel like there's some people that can testify for just a moment and thank God for new beginnings. Thank God for new beginnings. If God had not started you on a new beginning, you would still be stuck in your mess. You'd still be stuck doing what you used to do in the places you used to do it with the people you used to do it with. But thanks be to God who knows how to step into a life and make a new beginning, not by might or by power, but by the spirit of the living God. Somebody ought to give him praise for new beginnings. New beginnings, new beginnings, new beginnings. I came to tell new beginnings, new beginnings. I know it looks bad now, but new beginnings, new beginnings. How do you know that, Pastor Josh? Because God is not just the God that works good things for good and bad. That He works the God that works all things together for your good. What if I told you that right now it may look bad, but by the end of this thing, baby, God is about to make this thing good on your behalf because he's a God of new beginnings. Uh, let's look at somebody say, it's going to be good. No, no, it's going to be good. Uh, prophesy to your role for a second and tell him it's going to be good. It's going to be good. It's go I know it's bad now, but it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Your body's going to be healed. Your mind is going to be renewed. Your kids are going to be saved. Things are about to change. Why? Because it's going to be good. God is a God of origins. Therefore, he is a God of beginnings. Can I go deeper? Which means he must be a God of interruption. See, some of you couldn't praise God right there when I was talking about new beginnings because you misunderstood because you thought you got yourself out. But the truth is you could have never gotten free if God didn't interrupt. If you want to know what it looks like when God gets in your life and interrupts everything that the devil meant for you, it all he does in one moment is slide in front of diseases, slide in front of tragedy, slide in front of pain and said, I know you were chasing them. I know you wanted their demise and their destruction, but the devil is a liar. God is a... And I have to praise him for every time he interrupted the devil's plan in my life. I have to thank him that every time the enemy was coming in for the kill, God got in the way. That's the praise you should come in with. The praise that says, God, there are some things I know you stopped. 
But there are some things that God stopped that you don't even know about. Oh, I feel like preaching now. There are some things, even on the way to church, the devil had three accidents. He had some stuff waiting on you, but every time he got ready to do something, God got in the way. 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 I wonder if there's anybody that could give God praise for every time God got in. That's why no weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper. And if God be for you, who can be against you? Why? Because God. Oh, you ought to wake up every morning and lose your mind in praise because God got in the way of some things. Because the truth is, for some people in this room, it ran into your fa- it ran in your family until it ran into God. Generational curses, things ran in your fa- alcoholism, addiction, it ran in your family until it ran into Oh, are you hearing me in this room? That's how big your God is. How awesome your God is that nothing that ever tries to if he ever makes up his mind to stand on your behalf, everything shall fall at the feet of the mighty God we serve. I feel a fight coming on me. I feel a fight coming on me. And what ties the origin, the beginning, and the interruption together is simply one thing, God's Word. God's Word is so powerful that whenever God says a thing, it has, the, the thing he speaks to has no other, no other option but to respond exactly how he said it. Are you hearing? That's for every person in the room that's got cancer right now and the doctors are giving you a bad report. Do you realize that if God ever makes up his mind to speak to those cancer cells, those cancer cells can't have an argument with God. They can't tell God, well, I don't know. I might not go. Do you realize that when God speaks, cancer cells have to say goodbye. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Demons have to say goodbye. Devils have to say see you later because God, when God speaks, there is no arguing with the word of God. God's word is so powerful that when he speaks, it never returns to him void. Everything he says happens. So powerful that the Bible says God can't lie. Not a man that he should lie. No, no, don't, don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted because it's not saying, it's not saying God's a, God can't lie or God's not a liar. What it basically means is this, is if that, if that, if that wall right there is black and God said it's white, It would seem like God lied, but God's word is so powerful that by the time his word hit that wall, it couldn't be black anymore. It had to be. That's why you got to watch whose words you let in your life. You got to watch who's speaking to you. You got to watch what words get into your world because when the word of God comes, the word of God will change what needs to be changed. And by the way, whose words are affecting your world? Because when God speaks a thing, God said, I frame whole worlds with my words. And if your world isn't like God said it should be, then my question is, who else's words got in the way? 
Anytime you allow conversation to get into your life through belief, you have allowed those words to alter your world positively or negatively. Because the word of God is powerful. When God sends a word, that word responds. Ladies and gentlemen, in the book of Genesis, God opened the whole thing up. The God of beginnings and interruptions interrupts with a new beginning and speaks. And he speaks to the Genesis 1 world. But it's deeper than speaking to. God then begins to speak over the Genesis 1 world. Because real authority doesn't talk to anything. It speaks over everything. Is this too deep this morning? When, 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 when real authority talks, real authority doesn't talk face to face. Real authority gets up in the seat that it belongs in and talks over everything. Because watch this, positional authority of the believer may start in this dimension. But Paul said it like this, you're not supposed to be seated there forever. We are called to be seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. In other words, God said you ought to get to the point in your life as a believer where you don't talk to anything. You speak over everything and it responds as if God said it first. You shouldn't be ruled by anything. Oh, it got quiet. You were never created to be ruled. God gave you dominion and you have traded it for defense. God said, I gave man dominion. In other words, everything, I, the way I talk up there, he has to talk like that down here. But every time you refuse to open your mouth with the authority God gave you in the position as a child of God, you trade dominion for defense. And if you live in defense long enough, you'll move into survival. Called to rule, living to survive. God said, there is a place in the earth you speak two things. He said, but then you can get up in a place where you speak over. And the truth is, I know where you sit by how you speak. I know what dimension you're in by how you talk to stuff in your life. But what if I told you God was so eager to get you up into that place so that you could handle business the way business ought to be handled in your life? Can I go deeper? I want you to talk to it. God talks to it. Then all of a sudden in Genesis 1, God talks over it. He talks over it. But then there is a third dimension that no preachers preach. It is the dimension where he doesn't talk to it and he doesn't speak over it. Now, if you read the Genesis 1 progression, he begins to talk into it. Oh, is this too deep? He begins to speak into everything he created. And the only reason you speak into something is to reveal the potential that has been hidden that nobody yet has seen. That's why when a preacher comes in the room, he starts to come into your life and he starts to, you start to feel stuff moving on the inside of you and you think it's conviction, but really it's what Paul said to Timothy. I came to stir it up. That's why I'm in this room today because I know that there's some stuff hidden on the inside of you that nobody has seen yet. There's some giftedness and some anointing and some favor and some ministry that nobody has seen yet. And I came today to let every devil know that I'm on assignment to 
Stir it up. Stir it up till you lay your hands on the sick and see them recover. Stir it up until you open up your mouth and prophesy the oracles of God. Stir it up until your neighborhood gets saved. Stir it up until everybody knows Jesus in your world. Just touch two people and say, stir it up. Stir it up, stir it up, stir it up, stir it up, stir it up. It's been laying dormant too long. It's been hidden too long. There's too much potential in you for you to stay where you are. Stir it up. God said, I'm going to let you start talking into stuff because I wanted to release the potential that was within it. Let me put that in your world. So I know your son's not saved. And I know you've been speaking over him, saying, God, save my son. You shall be saved. But for God's sake, as much as you speak over him, please speak into him. You shall be saved, you low down, good for nothing, dirty. No, 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 that's the devil is a liar. If you're going to talk to it, say you shall be saved because you are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And if God be for you, who can be against you? And the moment you start talking into something, there is something about the seed on the inside of somebody that will awaken and growth will begin to happen. I wonder what the world would look like if we didn't just talk to people, we started speaking into the people in our world. What, what if the devil is just making sure you keep everything on this dimension so nobody grows and nobody discovers? Because the truth is, in the church, we spend more time discerning people than we do discovering ourselves. And trying to make a difference while discerning you without discovering me is deadly. What if I told you that God's eager for you to figure out who you are? That before you try to figure me out, figure out who you are. Preach, Pastor Joshua. Because as long as you're trying to figure me out without figuring you out, we will stay in competition and never move into completion. Because the last time I checked my Bible, it only works if we don't compete with one another, but we complete one another. Because one can put a thousand, but two can put ten thousand. When you know who you are and I know who he is, the devil is in trouble and demons will flee. Somebody who believes it, give God praise right now. God said, now I must speak into, I have talked to it, I have spoken over it, now I'm talking into it. And when God began to speak into the Genesis 1 world, it began to yield. Now he's talking to ground and here comes grass. Don't miss this. Now he's talking to water and all of a sudden you begin to see fish. He talks to the air and all of a sudden it can be heard the sounds of the bird's wings flapping as the bird begins to move into its glory, flapping its wings. Oh, hallelujah. Let me do it. Let me do it. Let me do it. Because, because the flying of the bird and the, and, the, and the swimming of the fish is the glory of that animal. In the church world, we have reduced glory down to a feeling. That if we feel it, the glory must have been there. It's immaturity. Because the truth is, glory isn't about feeling. Glory is about function. 
That the glory of anything that God creates, that glory is seen when that thing does the very thing it was designed to do. That's why when you worship, you are doing more than just singing songs and lifting your hands. You are exalting the glory from glory. And God said, I'm going to talk to it. And now everything's responding. I'm speaking into it. And here comes the grass. And there are the fish. And there are the birds. I want you to see this, though. The real issue in this text is that whatever came out of that thing was dependent on the thing it came out of to survive. Anything God talked to, what came out of it was dependent on what it came from to live. So now, if you take the grass out of the ground, the grass dies. Y'all ain't ready for me this morning. If you take the fish out of the water, the fish, if there is no atmosphere where the bird can flap its wings, then the bird has lost its glory. And so God got ready to, to make his apex creation. And he says, this apex creation called man Dirt is not good enough for him to survive on. Water is not enough for him to survive on. Air is not the thing he ought to be dependent on. And the Bible says, I feel like preaching, that he looked around and couldn't find anything good enough for his apex creation. So he spoke to himself. Are you hearing me in this room? You are not a product of the dirt. You're not a product of the water. You're not a product of the air. God said because of who you are and who you need to be dependent on to live, you can't come from anyone else or anything else except me. And if you want to know where you came from, you didn't come from some big bang. You didn't come from some cosmic coincidence. You came from almighty God himself. That's why the devil hates you so much. Because every time he looks at you, he sees God. Every time he looks at you, he sees God. Every time he turns around, there's God again. 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 That's who you really are. Why do you think the enemy is spending so much time keeping you confused about who you are? Because if I can keep you confused, he won't ever have to confront God. If I get you not to know who you are and that you're in his image, then that means I can do what I want with ever having to, with ever having to deal with God. But if you know where you came from, huh, hell gets afraid when you know who you are. You were made in the very image of God, with the very likeness of God. Not only do you look like him, but you can do what he does. God said, this man I have made out of me. Therefore, for him to live, he will be forever dependent on me. That's why if you ever try to do life without God, it always feels like you're dying. I wish I had some real people. If you ever try to live life outside of God, it always feels like a struggle. It always feels like you're being strained. It's always sweaty. It's always hard. Why? Because you were created to need him. 
Can, can I just help everybody out for a minute? God will never create a life for you that makes him unnecessary. And your purpose will always require God's participation. Because he is the vine. Oh, hallelujah. And we are the branches. And in him we live and move and have our being. And as sure as six runs into seven, so your life will always run headlong into God. You don't just want him. You need him. And God said, I'm going to make a man in my image, in my likeness. And the narrative changes in the text. Are you still okay? And now the God who has spoke everything to change everything takes his hand from behind his back and says, now I will make this man. And the Bible says that he reaches not to the mountaintop, but to the lowest of lows who let me stop right there because I'm thankful that I'm never beyond his reach. No, 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 you, you missed that. You missed that because if you really knew how low you were and how dirty you were and how messed up you were, there were some people that wanted to help you but couldn't help you because their arm was too short, but yet God has an arm that is not too short. And when God made up his mind about loving you, he made sure that he would always be able to reach you. And if you want to know why I praise God like I praise God, why I dance like I dance and shout like I shout, it's because I go back to the day that I was that low and it looked like nobody could get to me but yet just when it looked like nobody could reach me an arm came through heaven came down to where I was and he reached me is there anybody that could give God some praise right now for his reach there is nobody too low nobody too down nobody too out that God can't reach you that's why we're doing this at Easter that's why we're starting this new series is because there's people that believe they're out of touch there are people that believe they're out of reach see see that's where it gets quiet as long as I'm talking about God blessing you you're good but the minute I put it in the context because the truth is you wouldn't even be here today if somebody else if somebody else wouldn't have told you that you weren't out of reach, y'all ain't saying nothing. Y'all too saved for me this morning. You know, you know, some of us, we would be messed up. We would be in a gutter somewhere, but somebody came along and said, guess what? I know you're down as far as you could go, but you're not out of his reach. You're not out of God's reach. Wonder what would happen if you just started going around your job and your neighborhood, just saying, hey, I know it's tough. I know it's down, but you're not outside of God's reach. God wants to touch your life. But when God reaches, can I go deeper? When God reaches, please know he reaches to touch. God doesn't reach without wanting to touch it. Everything God reaches for, he reaches to touch. Don't say you want to reach a city that you're not willing to touch. The blessing never comes, ministry and anointing doesn't come to people that reach. 
It's on the people who reach to touch. Oh, hallelujah. And when we reach to touch, it's not about what color they are or where they came from or what their background is. The devil is a liar. When we reach, we reach to touch red, yellow, black, and white. They're still precious in his sight. When we reach, we got to reach to touch. I want to change the world, but you won't talk to your neighbors. God, where's my anointing? God says, I can't anoint you because you're reaching without a want to touch. I got to touch it. Do you realize that's why God even had to send Jesus? Y'all ain't ready. Because God is holy and man is sinful and holiness can't touch sin. So God said, I have to package up Jesus, who is 100% man and 100% God. That way, when Jesus does what Jesus does, when he stands in between and stretches his arms out wide, he will have one hand in my hand and one hand in their hand. And when he said it is finished, he built a bridge so that God could touch humanity, sinful humanity. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for the gospel that says that Jesus came and he died so that God could reach us to touch us. Can I go deeper? Because what if I told you God is trying to get his church out of influence and into impact? Most of us settle for influence. But you don't make a difference with influence. You make a difference with impact. My wife's mother and grandmother got into a car accident. They got into a car accident, and, and, and God illustrated what I'm about to tell you through a picture. She showed me the picture, and there was a dent where their car had hit another car. There was a dent. In other words, something was transformed when it came in contact with them. Because that's what impact is. What shape do people leave after coming in contact with you? There you go. What shape are they in after having touched your life? What image do they take on? By touching you, do they become better or bitter? By touching you, do they get joy or do they feel depressed? What image are you conforming them to? Because you can't make a difference without being ready to impact something the right way. And God said, let me touch this man. I have to touch him. Reach. And the Bible says God reached and he touched, which is powerful because it's the only thing in the creation story he touched. Because once you realize that the word anointing means to smear. God said, this man, this creation is so incredible that I have to reach to touch because I want to smear because this thing ain't like everything else. This thing's anointed. Do you know who you are? You're not just God's creation. You're not happenstance. God anointed you to make a difference in the world you're in. You, you ain't going to like this, but the truth is you got God's fingerprints all over you. All over you is his smearing because of the anointing on your life. And I'm almost done. All of a sudden, God now makes man, forms him in his likeness. And in his image. And the Bible says that he does something funny. Because I didn't come to you this morning to preach that he created a man. Or how he created the man. I came to tell you where he created the man. 
because I'm going to hurt every Sunday school teacher's feelings right here. Because my Sunday school teacher told me that when God made Adam, he made him in the garden. And that when Adam woke up, he woke up and he was surrounded by luscious trees and garden of green. But the truth is, that's not in the Bible. When God made Adam, he didn't make him in the garden because the garden had not been planted yet. He made Adam, watch this, in the field. A nothingness, dirty, messy field. That's where he formed him. And that's what you have to survive some days. The see nothing days. The days when what's in you is contradicted by what you see around you. Because if you serve God long enough, God will talk to you about millions and you got five cents in your bank account. Where are the real people at? God will talk to you about a business and you ain't got a degree. God will talk to you about a job and you ain't qualified. The see nothing days. Can you survive the see nothing days? Can, can, can you stand long enough to know that if God said it, he who has begun a good work is faithful to bring it to completion. Can you hang on long enough and not quit? Can you stand long enough and say, I know it doesn't look good now, but God promised me and his promises are yes and amen. But like everything in scripture, it's always deeper than what it looks. Because the truth is, this is deeper than just where he made the first man. This is the first picture of a thing in theology called eschatology, end times. I know what you're saying, Pastor Josh. How are you talking about end times in the book of the beginnings? It's there. Because the truth is, God made a man, formed him in the field, and then told the man, you'll live here. It's not your home. But you're going to live here. And while you're living here, I'm going to go prepare a place. I'm going to go prepare a place for you. That's what Jesus said. That where I am, there you may be also. That's all oh, hallelujah. What am I trying to tell you? I'm trying to tell you that the rapture is still going to happen. That one day God is going to come back and get his children. I know that it seems like we're in a muddy, messy field called the world right now, but one day very soon, Jesus will come back and split the sky and get his church. Is there anybody thankful for the blessed assurance? That one day soon, uh, King Jesus, uh, when the trumpet blows, uh, he's still going to come get us. And I'm done. And he said, hang on. Hang on. I'm preparing a place for you right now. If you can hang on. And the Bible says he fully formed a man and went over to a garden, took some seeds, and began to plant a garden. It's the first time and only time in scripture you will see God plant anything. He planted a garden, watch this, of seeds. And when he got all the seeds right, he went back over to, back over to the fully formed man, took the fully formed man and put him in a garden full of seeds. Fully formed. Seeds. Fully formed, y'all ain't seeds. Which means that Adam is not just God's first created human. 
He's also God's first planted tree. You got Bible for that, Pastor Josh? I do. Psalms chapter 1 says, Blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. It says, But that kind of man, that kind of, he shall be a a tree planted by rivers of living water. In other words, that's what God's expectation was, is that he would fully form a believer, fully form a man or woman of God, and then take your life and plant it amongst some seeds. That's why you're at the job you're at and in the family you're in, because God had a tree that he knew he could plant among seeds. That's why you need a small group. That's why you need a small group. Because you never know when you're the tree and there's some seed. Because how else would seeds know what to be if they never saw a tree? Mamas and daddies, that's why your kids need to see you praising God and worshiping God and coming to church and going all in because you're supposed to be a... How else will they know what a move of God is? I feel the anointing right here. How else will they know what the power of the Spirit is? How else will they know the glory of God? Except somebody be a tree. A tree among seeds. Play. And God said, now I've got it all in place. A garden of seeds. A fully formed tree. And God says, now I must take care of this because whatever I start, I will sustain. Well, God, how do you sustain it? And the Bible says a mist came up and began to water this garden. Why does God water this garden? Because the intention of seed is not ever to remain a seed. God said it has to be seed time and harvest. Anything God plants, he wants increase from. Help me do it, Holy Ghost. Do you realize it's a sin not to be profitable in the kingdom? Jesus talked about some, some guys that had talents and one guy doubled it and the second guy doubled it and he came to the third guy and the third guy said, hey, I didn't lose anything but I didn't gain anything and he called him, you unprofitable. Servant. Because it's a sin not to make a profit. And y'all think I'm talking about money. I'm talking about your life. It is a sin to live this life and never have any fruit. It is a sin to God to never bear any fruit and see any soul saved. It's a sin to simply live life all about me. And not, do you realize how many dying people there are in this city and in this county who need to know the love of God and the love of Jesus and you think it's about you? It's a sin. God said, I want increase. I want to harvest. And so if I have to start it, he said, I watered it. How did he water it? With a mist. The problem with the mist is the mist only works as long as seed is ever anything seed would ever be. Mist only works when you want maintenance. For every person in this room that just wants to stay who you are and stay doing what you did, doing what you do, 
then a, then a miss, miss will work for you. Missed services will work for you. Missed prayer meetings will work for you. Missed type church will work for you. Missed type small groups will work for you. But I have a feeling I'm in a room today with some people who understand you are greater than what you know. And that your destiny is bigger than what you know. And all of a sudden, God says, I've got to get this thing going. And I'm done. Adam says, well, God, if you're going to make it grow, how are you going to do it? God says, if I want to see increase, Adam, at some point in time, I've got to shift from a mist to rain. Well, God, what do you need to make it rain? The text said he could not make it rain because he could find no man. No, no, not that he didn't have a man. He just didn't have a certain kind of man. Well, God, what kind of man do you need? What kind of woman do you need? He said, I could find no man to till the ground. Judah shall be a plow. Judah means praise. So God says, I will bring the rain when I know if I can have somebody that sets an atmosphere. Because the rain is God's responsibility. The atmosphere is your responsibility. That's why you can't come in and not give God praise and not give God glory and not give God honor. Not just here, but everywhere you go. Because what you don't even understand is that while you're praising God and living for God out there, there are clouds beginning to form. There are thunder. There's thunder. There's lightning beginning to form. And God is about to create a rainmaker. Stand to your feet, everybody. We are walking into a month called April. The Lord spoke this to me this morning. God gave me this message because our pastor is about to start a new series called Reach. Amazing. I didn't even know. And I'm preaching in March about rain because the month that comes after March is April and April showers. April showers will bring May flowers. I hear the Lord in my spirit say that he's about to cause it to rain in your family and in this city and around this region if he can find some rainmakers because April is the season that God has already predestined that we will reap the harvest. And if you know it to be true, I dare you just to lift your hands right now at the end of this service. Begin to open up your mouth right now and just begin to worship all over this room. Come on, church. Can you give me 30 more seconds? Open up your mouth. And while you're praising, while you're praising, the clouds are forming. The clouds are forming. Wait a second. I hear something. I hear it. Keep praising. Keep praising. I hear it. I hear it. Keep praising. Keep praising. I hear it. I hear it. I hear it. That's you, Rainmaker. Keep praising. Keep praising. If you want to know the sound of the heavenlies, I hear it. I hear it. I hear it. 
Here comes the rain. Here comes the rain. Keep worshiping. Keep praising. Keep giving God glory. I hear the rain. I hear the rain. that if you have the anointing of a rainmaker when God puts you in dry places the dryness is a compliment to your anointing how many believe that we're going to see more souls saved in the next three or four or five weeks than we've ever seen before come on all the way in Orlando New Suburna Beach Palm Coast Ormond Beach Daytona Beach if you know somebody in your life that's not saved, I want you just to slip up your hands. You know somebody that doesn't know God. Look at this. These final moments of this service, I want us to take some time and pray for the lost. That God would make us rainmakers. For what good is it to be blessed and anointed if we never make a difference? Are you ready to help me pray? I want you to pray for them. I see tears coming out of your eyes. I know what it's like. I've got a daddy that needs Jesus. I gotta be a rainmaker so my family knows God. Are you ready for 30 seconds? Come on, fill this place with prayer right now. Come on, fill this place with prayer for the lost. Father, we pray for the lost. We pray, Lord, for souls. God, we pray. Give us souls. Make us rainmakers, oh God. Let us, Lord, have eyes to see. Lord, give us discernment to know, God, who in our life needs to know you, Lord. Give us boldness. Give us courage, Lord, that we may stand and make it rain. God, rain in this region. And we'll give you praise and glory for all in Jesus' name. And if I've got any rainmakers in this room, and you know that your neighborhood better watch out, 
Your job better watch out. There's a rainmaker on the loose. I want you to give God the greatest praise you've given him all day long. you're in this room today and you know that you're not living where you need to, to live, you're not doing what you need to do, you realize you're far from God and you realize that while I was preaching that this Jesus loves you, that he wants to save you, you know that you need a change today in your life. On the count of three, just slip up your hand. One, two, three. You need to come back to God. You need to give your life to God. Hands are going up. Hands are going up. You need to give your life to Jesus. Hands are going up. Hands are going up. Hands are going up. Hands are going up. Two more seconds, one more second. I want everybody to place your hand on your heart. We're going to pray a prayer. There's no power in the prayer that's being prayed, only in the heart that believes it. You're about to pray a prayer if you raised your hand. And God's about to take over your life, clean you up, and live on the inside of you. And heaven is your home. Are you ready to help me pray this, church? All together, say, Jesus, Jesus today, today I give my life to you. I give my life to you. I say I'm sorry for my sins. But God, I ask now, come live on the inside of me and change me from the inside out. And for the rest of my days, I'll live for you. I am your rainmaker in Jesus' name. If you believe it, come on, put those hands together. Now reach over and put your hand on your neighbor's shoulder as Pastor Troy comes. Did anybody get anything out of that today? Any rainmakers in the Hi, this is Jessica McCoy with Calvary Christian Center. Thank you so much for listening. We pray that this message encourages and inspires you to be everything God has created you to be. We hope you enjoyed this message.